What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. And get excited because we are three short weeks away from one of the best powerlifting meets in all of the sport, and that is USAPL Raw Nationals. And we got to start the previews now because Raw Nationals, what makes it so great is there's so many lifters, so many battles within weight classes, so many amazing storylines, and so many elite level lifters competing at it that we have to separate it into three episodes to make sure we cover each and every weight class. And this episode covers 59 kilo men through 74 kilo men and 47 kilo women through the 57 kilo weight classes on the female side. And Steve Denovi does a great job of breaking down how we are going to do this, how we are going to preview each weight class. We give our predictions, we give our hot takes, we get into some debates. Steve Denovi is getting a little bit arrogant, calling himself the Oracle, so we're going to have a contest between him and I on who can get the most right picks of who's going to break in the top three in each weight class. We cover a lot of lifters today, we share maybe some background information on lifters that you don't know about that can break into the top three or top five. We get into some debates with some of the weight classes. Of course, I have to get into a rant about the 74 kilo men because that's what I do on two white lights. I do that. And we are hoping to keep you occupied until Raw Nationals because the hype around Raw Nationals is one of a kind. And I know people get stir crazy and hopefully this will keep you occupied up until the Monday of Raw Nationals. We will release an episode that Monday of the week of Raw Nationals. So we're going to cover all the different storylines, all the big battles going on within each weight class, and it's exciting because just doing this episode makes me more excited for Raw Nationals, uh, seeing all lifters who are going to compete at it, seeing all lifters who could break into the top three just makes me excited as a powerlifting nerd, as a powerlifting fanat fanatic, as a person who truly cares about the sport. I am very excited to do these three episodes with Steve Denovi. And hopefully you guys enjoy them as well. And hopefully we can create a little bit of ruckus leading into Raw Nationals because we're going to be active on Instagram as well, getting you guys all the different storylines that you want to hear from this one-of-a-kind competition. This is shaping up to be one of the best Raw Nationals. So great episode. Uh, we also do talk about some notable dropouts, uh, notable weight class changes, and a no some noticeable additions as well. So we cover all of that on this episode, but before we get into this episode, of course, I got to talk to you guys about the best powerlifting attire company in the game right now, and that's Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, follow Leflar Bros on Instagram, go to their website, and check out the very, very best merchandise that you are going to see powerlifters wear and if you don't believe me, check out their Instagram page and look at what the Leflar Bros family is wearing because they look good in the gym, they look good on the platform, and they look good outside the gym. They are a triple threat of making lifters look good, and they give back to the sport of powerlifting, which, of course, you got to love all of those things. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to LeflarBros.com, check out their merchandise, use promo code 2WL15 at checkout, get 15% off your order when you do that, the best powerlifting discount code out there for the best powerlifting merchandise out there. And 
Also, to make things a little bit better, they have two white lights merchandise on leftlarbros.com. So you're going to buy Leftlar Bros merchandise and two white lights merchandise and use that promo code 2WL15 to save 15% off of your order. And when you're done there, make sure you go to rivalist.net and check out some rival nutrition supplements. Raw Naturals is coming up. You want your informed choice supplements, and Rivalist can help you get that. Use promo code ANGELO20 to save 20% off of the informed choice supplements to make sure you have no banned substances in your pre-workout, branch chain amino acids, or protein powder. Make sure you use that promo code ANGELO20 to save 20% off of your order. Also, go to lift.net. And get yourself some Stoic gear. You can wear Stoic gear at Raw Nationals because it is IPF approved. And I wear Stoic gear in the gym, on the platform. And the only reason why is because it is the best, most affordable powerlifting gear in the sport right now. The sleeves, the singlet, the wrist wraps. You can't go wrong with Stoic gear. So use promo code ANGELO10 at checkout and you will save yourself some money while doing it and remember it is ipf approved that's important also definitely follow notorious lift on instagram sign up for their newsletter because no slip drip is a real thing they have the best deadlift slippers out of the market and they are continuing coming out with different color waves different designs that are not only going to help your deadlift but they're going to make you look good i talked a lot about looking good and that's because i'm a firm believer if you feel good or if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. And Notorious Lift will help you do that. I've been getting DMs a lot about people missing the drops, people missing the launches, and not being able to score the uh, the Notorious Lift slippers that they want. So you got to sign up for that newsletter. you got to follow them on Instagram and keep up to date on those drops because you just can't go on the site and get whatever you want. You have to look out for those drops. And I'm telling you, you're going to find something that perfectly matches your platform attire or your gym attire. And that's important. I know it is. I know it is. That's why No Slip Drip is a real, real thing. So make sure you are doing that. Also, if you are listening to Two White Lights, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, and also follow us on Spotify. That way, you will be able to listen to these episodes whenever they come out. Because I drop these things at like midnight or maybe a little earlier. So you can get an early bird special on some of these podcasts that, you know, if you're not subscribed, you won't have that luxury. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. And as promised, I'm joined again by Steve Denobi. It's been a while, man. Yeah. Yeah, you've been we we did the Hoosier Cup, but then we've had a lot of awesome interviews going up. You were out of town, I was out of town. Um I had some personal stuff I had to deal with, but we're back on track and um we got a big meet coming up that we have to cover. I think you may have heard of it before, Raw Nationals. We, we never talked about that on this show, but I think we, we probably need to start talking about it. 
I don't think Two White Lights has done a great job of covering Raw Nationals in the past three months. We really don't, yeah, we, we talk about Raw Nats a lot, and I'm excited, man, because we're sitting, when this episode drops, we're sitting three weeks out from Raw Nationals. We are getting so close to it, so many listeners are excited, and you know what, I think a preview for Raw Nationals is definitely in order. And really, it's such a huge meet with so many amazing lifters, amazing storylines, and weight class battles across the board. We got to separate it into like separate episodes because it's so huge. We can't just have one massive Raw Nationals episode because that'll be like a five-hour podcast that very few people listen to five-hour podcasts. Unless we have like Alex Jones as a third co-host, like then people will listen to the five-hour podcast, but... Yeah, not as well one. as if I'm having a beer every hour, I'm not going to make it through five hours. I'll there'll there'll be a different Steve by hour four and five. <laughs> well, I'm actually curious to see that different Steve. This tradition with me since you're like in prep for this meet or something that you have to do well at. I don't know what that meet is, but um, but yeah, let me kind of give a breakdown. I've already got it kind of laid out. This is going to be over three episodes, um, so we can be able to be able to give full detail, um, much like we just did for the Hoosier Cup. We want to be able to make sure we kind of really cover who the top, who we think can kind of break into the top three. Look at podium spots. Look at what their most recent meet performance was, and then taking a look at their Instagram. I mean, that's 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 what runs powerlifting right now is social media. Um, and, and taking a look at their lifts in the gym and, and making our best projections on what they're looking to do and then seeing where that projected rank comes out. So um, to kind of give a breakdown, um, show one today, we're going to do 59 to 74 kilo men, and then we're going to do 47 to 57 kilo women. So three men's weight classes. Um, in the next episode airing next week, we will do 57 kilo women through 69 kilo women and then because these ones are probably going to be a lot of talking as well as the women's weight classes in week two is the 83 and the 93 men those are going to definitely be um, some hot takes on those and then finally in the third installment which will probably air i think that'll probably air the monday of raw national so people can listen to that on the way to daytona 76 through 84 plus women. So uh, just to kind of give you a brief layout of what we're going to be doing and what you can kind of expect in the upcoming episodes. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I think this is going to be a great little lead up to Raw Nationals. There's going to be predictions. There's going to be hot takes. We're going to get interactive on the Instagram page as well. And I know I love that. And I know the listeners love that as well when we get uh when we get active on social media, especially when people get to air out their own takes on the Two White Lights page, um, on the hot take, on the hot take uh, Q and A's that we do, so I'm very excited for this. And all right, let's uh, let's start with um, with some of these weight Before classes. Before we start, I'm disappointed about I'm disappointed about one thing. You did not properly introduce me today. We've discussed that in these prediction episodes. <laughs> I do have a new name. We did discuss it. Dawned upon me by Michael Cola DiPietro himself. We did discuss it. I am. Do you want the prefix or the suffix of the oracle? I'm not a school teacher. I don't even know what that is. I haven't talked about that since like third grade. Okay. So do you want the oracle, Steve DeNovi, or Steve the Oracle DeNovi? Steve the Oracle DeNovi. All right. Fine. Because you got me on one prediction episode so far. I guess we'll see with our March Madness brackets. And this is a separate thing here because we're doing weight class by weight class. And that the debate between us 
weight class to weight class might get interesting, even though we might have showed our hands a little bit with the March Madness. Uh, we could stack up. You were two for two. I was one for two. So congratulations on that. Um, you, you you win this round, but we have a little bit larger of a playing pool with Raw Nationals. So we're going to have to keep track of all these predictions. So we go weight class to weight class and actually oh, sure. see if I can. I'm, I'm sure uh, we're going to get graphics and we'll have the predictions up on the Instagram page so everyone can know exactly how much I win by. So, yeah, sure. Um, sure. I guess you're you're going to be the sports book maker. You're going to be the odds maker. <laughs> if we do if we do these if we do the two white light sports book on powerlifting, which will end in some sort of terrible corruption because powerlifters wind up throwing meats at the expense of two white lights, making us look bad. Yeah, you will be the odds maker. Okay, deal. All right, before hopping into predictions, the only thing I want to cover. Um, is we do have some notable dropouts, weight class changes, and additions from the original roster that came out up until today. So I want to cover those real quick. And if we're seeing things week to week that we want to bring up, we'll do that again. So real quick for dropouts, um, I will say some of these um, I know are doing different meets. Some of them have switched sports. Some of them I, I'm not sure why they dropped out. So I don't I don't want to like say this is any of these are negatives. We just know they are no longer doing raw nats. On the women's side, Helena Wu, I believe she just did – Garrett's meat, so that's probably why. Correct? I don't believe so. Maybe? No. Okay. Um, Helena Wu, Christina Lazo, Isla Thurston, Chloe Dublin, and Sarah Brenner. Um, I think probably the two that are probably the most notable there are Chloe and Sarah. Um, yeah. Chloe being in the reigning champ. Um, Sarah being the arguably favorite to get second in the 84+. plus. Um, on the men's side, Kim Tran can win Charlie Dixon and then Michael Davis. I think Michael Davis, unfortunately we know why um, he had the injury at his meet, which is very unfortunate because we know he would be battling for a podium spot. Um, so we do have some weight class changes. Um, Leah Goldring um, is officially going to stick at 47 kilos. She was at 52. She just recently competed at 47. And we're going to talk about her very in this episode. She is sticking at 47 now. And then Gina Hensley is going from 76 back up to 84, where she's been competing the last couple of years. Um, and then some quick additions that were notable that very well could be talked about on some of these preview episodes. On um, the women's side, we've got Solana Lewis, Precious Andrew, Maria Daly, and Rachel Everett. And on the men's side, we've got your arch nemesis, your rival in the sport, Gage Carrion. Yeah, the rivalry no one asked for or wanted. But it's good to see Gage uh, actually do a meet. Um, he's been pussing out of meets for like the his past His training's been going now. well. Yeah, his training's been going well. Um, we'll see We'll see what happens at Raw Nationals. Uh, I really want to see a big performance from Gage. We'll talk about him more in the 74s. I'm just happy he's finally doing a, a meet. So he has to stop talking about him potentially doing a meet. I'm glad he actually is doing one. But, yeah. Yeah, the additions to the roster can be extremely interesting um, based on how they stack up in the weight class. But let's get started with our with our first weight class. Okay. Yep, we got 59 kilo men. This weight class will be interesting because we will have a new national champion. Charlie Yang moved up, so... He's left that vacant for someone to take it mm -hmm. um, and kind of give a breakdown of how we're going to do this. Obviously, there's a lot of people in each weight class. Um, we, we just won't have the ability to cover each one. Basically, going through this, I tried to identify who plausibly 
could be in some kind of battle to move up in the third place. And that's kind of what we're looking at. So uh, we're going to cover basically the people we see that could in some manner, whether we know it or not, move up in the third. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. We would love to see someone else jump in here that we were underestimating. I know there was one we did for the Hoosier Cup, Antoinette. Uh, I don't know how to say her last Iwagawu. Ingagu. Um, okay. We overlooked her. She jumped in. Awesome. Like, we would love that, but we it's just there's sometimes we're going to overlook it because obviously we're just trying to Instagram stalk people and, and come up with predictions off of that. This isn't like we are uh, having inside information and in NFL scouting on based on um, actual preseason games and be able to figure stuff out. So, going through it, I see seven people in the 59 kilo class that seem to have a legitimate shot of bumping into the top three based on how the day goes. Uh, we have Shahid Bryant, um, Tuan Din, Michael Coons, Kurt Navarro, Brandon Coleman, Sterling Walker, and Kenneth Imperial. So we've already got the rankings kind of put out. So we're going to, we're going to basically start with the favorites. I mean, the people that we, we probably assume are going to be top three. Um, and then kind of look at those kind of those people that look like they possibly could have a shot at breaking in. Like if, if, if those other lifters aren't, don't have the best meat, they miss some lists. Okay. We've got some other people we see kind of right on the brink there that if everything goes right, they come in on meat day. Perfect. We really see them coming in and possibly having a shot. So, um, for the 59 kilo men, um, we possibly see seven people being able to battle for that those top three positions. Um, that first overall spot, though, I definitely think we have a heavy favorite in Shahid Bryan. He's coached by uh, Joe Stanek, I believe, correct? Yes, he is. I see his training a lot. I see it when Joe reposts him. I follow him. The dude's a beast, and with Charlie Yang uh, moving up a weight class, I think this guy can be the next juggernaut at uh, 59 kilos. Yeah, and... If you don't know who he is, you probably have seen his bench press. Um, yeah. I believe, I believe he's set either he's hitting well above the American record bench or he's actually he has set the American record bench already in a recent meet. He just competed um, in December. So I, I think he did set the American record there. He hit 334, which is insane for a 59-kilo male. But um, his best squats, 413, best bench, 334, best deadlift, 507. In training, he seemed to be crushing that pretty easy. Um, I saw him bench 345 at what I would say like is an 8.5 RPE, and then he PR'd at 352. Um, he squatted 410 at what I would say like an 8.5 RPE, and then deadlifted 501 at like a 9. So I'm not sure how his meat list compared to his gym list and if he has to cut much. But seemingly his training is going phenomenal. So I see nothing but going up. I, I, I have him projected. He, his best total is 1254. I've got him projected to go 1300. I think he's going to add about 15 pounds to his squat. It looks like he's going to have 15 to 20 pounds on his bench and then probably another 10 pounds on his deadlift based on how training is going. And that puts him at 1300. And that's, pro that's going to put him as a pretty heavy favorite. I, I, most people are probably not going to know much about the 59 kilo class because it's just not talked about as much. Mm -hmm. um, but he's definitely going to go in as the favorite. Um, we've got some other people that if he slips up, could be on his tail. Um, but yeah, he, he's looking like he's going to put together a great meet. Yeah, I'd advise people to follow him. He doesn't have his full name on his Instagram bio. Um, it's it's uh, Shah Raw. If you just search that, S-H-A-R-A-W, you will find him. Freakishly, freakishly strong guy. And if you guys follow Joe Sanic, which you probably do if you listen to Two White Lights, 
and he reposts something of him on the story, make sure you hit that follow button because it's a treat to watch him lift. He is a 59-kilo lifter who throws up some pretty insane numbers, and it is he he has like a very aesthetically pleasing bench because he's a 59-kilo lifter but also throws up three plates like it's nothing, and that's always cool to see. It's always cool to see that. So definitely give him a follow. Uh, yeah, he is my favorite. And um, with some of the people who could break the top three, within the 59, there's actually a lot. Yeah, because it's, 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 it's a very competitive weight class in the sense that, like, Shahid's kind of pulling away a little bit. But, like, if he doesn't add anything to his total, there's definitely a couple people that could be knocking him to seals. Um, the guy coming in with the second highest projected total qualifying total is Tuan Den. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um, he comes in at 1240. So he's only 14 kilos off of Shahid and he hasn't competed since, uh, looks like June of 2019. The issue we talked about this before in some of our recap or, or, uh, our preview episodes. Um, he hasn't posted on his lifting page since August, 2020. And then he hasn't, his other account's private, and I'm not sure if he posts much there. So we don't really have much to go off of. So the only thing we can assume that is at minimum, he could bring that same total of 1240, which, like I said, like if Shahid slips up and he doesn't add anything to his total, Tuan is looking, he is very much in the hunt there with that 1240 total, and especially if he hasn't competed in two years, I would assume he's made some progress. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I'm I'm very curious to see how this uh, shapes out within that with that in that range. And I think as far as like all the the weight classes go, this one's the biggest mystery um, because yeah. again we're a slave of Instagram in powerlifting. That's how we kind of start judging people. Uh, if you have an Instagram or YouTube, that's how we keep up to date with your training. And yeah, the 59 kilo men just don't seem to be as active. We're just going off of past performances. Um, a lifter I do know actually is Sterling Walker, which I. I've seen him compete a number of times. He's a local lifter in Illinois, competed USPA, USAPL. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised, and but unfortunately, he defected his Instagram. It looked like so. You guys can't really uh, take a look at following him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he could drop drop into that top three. Yeah, I mean, I, he is someone. He hasn't competed since Raw Nationals in 2019. He doesn't have his IG up, so we couldn't tell. But like. I don't know if you know about about his training, but I mean, if he's made progress, he totaled 1179. So like I said, like these are super close totals. He's only 70 pounds, 60, yeah, 70 pounds off um, where Shahid's best total was. But Shahid did that in like five months ago. Uh, yeah. Sterling hasn't competed for two years almost. So there's some people here that could really make a jump. Um, I know one very experienced lifter is Michael Coons. Yep. Um, he actually won the squat challenge at the Arnold, I think last year. Um, if you look at his competitions lately, his best meet was back in 2018 and he totaled 1245 in the 59 kilo class, which would put him right now, like right up there with Shahid. Yeah. Since then he's had, hasn't matched that. He's had some subpar performances and I wasn't really sure if there was an issue, but looking at his training, he's hitting all time PRs. Um, his last meet, he only squatted 501, but he just doubled 551 for two in training. Yeah. So I fully expect he doubled 552 on squat. He pulled 407 for two. He didn't post any bench, but he said it wasn't going great. So like I said, all of his numbers that I've got here from his latest meet are down. But if 
I'm looking at like what he's doing in training. It looks like he very well should be able to match that 1245 total again. That's where I've got him at 550, 292, 405 for a 1247 total. That's basically matching what his best total was in 2018. Again, if Shahid doesn't make the jump that we think he does, that puts Michael, Tuan, and Shahid all right at like 12, 1250. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Probably going to come down to deadlift, which the next guy will be the guy to fear, and that's Kurt Navarro. Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard much about him, but this dude's deadlift is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, his best deadlift in competition is 562, and it is just a nice-looking deadlift. Yep. Yep, very good. So, and, and then the deadlift specialist has the advantage. I mean, always yeah. when you go into the competition, the deadlift specialist has the advantage because they can dictate where they place – with that last pull. And yeah, I, uh, I actually took a uh, gander at uh, Kurt Navarro's Instagram today, and you were absolutely right. Excellent deadlift. Um, far above most people. Uh, Sterling Walker has himself a great deadlift too, but 562 his best in the year 2020 as well, so you have a recent meet uh, to go off of. And it's it's head and shoulders based on the projections right now above the, the uh, next lifter. So yeah, he's, he's going to be coming in probably with the biggest deadlift. Yeah, I've got him projected about 1220. Training's going well. I didn't see any kind of like massive PRs that would say like, oh, I've got to jump bump him up by 20 pounds here. But enough to say like, I expect him to chip each one of his lifts. So I, I added about five pounds-ish to each lift, which was around about 1220. But like I said, I mean, look, with his deadlift, if someone slips up and there's a chance to pull for a win, he, he can load it up. He, he's probably the only guy on this list that seems to be able to load up whatever he wants on deadlift and be able to pull for a win in that manner because he's just he's a big outlier in this weight class with deadlift strength. So um, two other lifters that we haven't talked about, Brannigan Coleman. Um, I couldn't find an, an Instagram account, so it was kind of tough to tell. He's coming into 1,200 qualifying total. Um, again, he hasn't competed since Raw Nationals in 2019, so – seemingly could have made some really good progress since then. We just don't know. Um, but like I said, he's only 50 pounds off Shahid's best total. So these are all guys that like, <clears throat> if they've made progress that we don't know about, um, if someone doesn't have a great day, they could all make these jumps. It's, it's just very interesting. And, and the last one here, Kenneth Imperial, um, he came in at the lowest qualifying total, um, at least with the people we're going to be covering, but he was making some pretty good progress. It, it, pretty notable. Like I saw all of his lifts at least going 10 to 20 pounds over what he was doing um, since 2019 Raw Nats. So I had him jumping up about 40 pounds in his total up to 1,200. So pretty much every single lifter we've got here, um, we've got projected over 1,200. So somewhere between probably, I'm going to guess around that 1230 mark is going to get someone into that top three. Um, That's what it's looking like here. And really we see any of these seven possibly getting there it just looks like if we're really going down to who's going to win it looks like Shahid definitely is is the heavy favorite um he'd have to slip up but that second through seventh place is really all up for grabs yeah absolutely uh I'm I'm you know this kind of brings the interest towards that division because you are going to get surprised on who jumps into the uh jumps into the top three we could see some breakout performances we could see some prizes um, I, I still think I would, I would have to take, uh, Shahid Bryant as my favorite to win. Uh, I'm assuming that's yours as well. Yeah. I'm going to pick him to win. I'm going to go Michael Kuhn second. And then 
I'm going to go Kurt Navarro third. I'm going to flip it with Shahid first, Kurt Navarro second, Michael third. All right, so those Sounds are your, good. Those are your potential winners, top three in the 59-kilo division. Um, excited to see what those competitors do. Now to the 47-kilo weight class, which this one – is extremely interesting because one, you got the heavy hitter with Heather Connor um, at the top of the the at the top of the division, top of the weight class. Uh, one of the best female lifters in the USAPL and IPF right now, historically good. But also, you are going to see lifters jump into that top three range. That that's where the competition gets really interesting within the forty-seven kilos because you know I'm I'm going to say right now Heather Connor. I don't see anyone beating her. I don't see anyone beating her for a little bit. Uh, we would have to see a contender come in. But within top three, there are some lifters who can possibly uh, jump in there, and it's going to be a battle, especially in that second second place spot. Yeah. So, yeah, Heather, I, I've got her 90 kilos above second place, so she's pretty much going to win on her openers for the most part. Um, we've all seen her deadlift lately. Her deadlift's insane. Um, her bench seemingly has progressed really well, too. Her squat... I haven't, I'm not saying it hasn't progressed. I just see it, haven't seen the same like progression from bench as I have seen with bench and deadlift. So either way, I mean, Heather's going to probably run away with this. Um, she's, she's probably, I mean, we, we talked about this on the, on the uh, March madness. I mean, she's probably going to run away with 47s and be more so in a battle of possibly looking at best overall lifter for the entire meet based off a good lift score. Mm-hmm. From there, we basically have five women that I see battling for second and third. Um, I'll, I'll pull three out right now. Um, Tiffany Luong, Denise Juarez, and Katharina Gindanova. Yep. All of them are right around 765 pound totals. The issue is, we said this before, women don't tend to be as active on social media. Um, couldn't find anything on Instagram for those three women. Really? Uh, Denise, Denise Juarez, um, her yeah. handle is Denise Mary Jane, very good lifter. Uh, coached by Joe Stanick. Um, okay. Very good. I believe me. she's the junior national champion, defending junior national champion. Uh, took that away from Demetrius Aiton. Do you know her handle so I can hop on this real quick? Yes. Uh, Denise Mary Jane, I believe it is. That's off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. Coached okay. by Joe Stanick. Excellent lifter herself. Um, Katrina... I hope I pronounced his last name correct. Uh, Gindanova, her handle is jerkbeans. Uh, private account also. I was actually tipped off from a Two White Lights listener who told me that she is one of the better 47 kilo lifters in the world. So uh, checked her on Instagram. Also, extremely good lifter, making progress on her lifts. And I don't know much about uh, a Tiffany uh, Wang. I, I don't know how you pronounce that. But long, long, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we get that pronunciation correct. But they are very—you are right—they are very close uh, with their totals and their projected totals as well. So I'm excited to see that that battle kind of play out. Uh, Denise Juarez, if you guys check her out, insane bench press, very, very good bench press. I think she holds a national record, and she's a gamer. So it looks like she's making progress not only in that lift but through all of her, her, her other lifts. Again, I get a little bit of inside information. We do share the same coach, the game day crew. So uh, we, so so I have seen um, a lot from her 
recently, and yeah, I, I could I could see her kind of breaking breaking on there. So, um, what they'll need to compete with, because like I said, they're, I mean, they're going to need to make some progress to jump the the two who are probably the favorite and battling for second. So, uh, the two who are coming in with about an eight twenty ish qualifying total is Demetria Thayton and now Leah Goldring. Yeah. She was 52. She just competed at 57 or 47 and she is going to be staying at 47. So, um, Leah is coming in with an 827 total. Demetria is coming in with 810. Looking at their Instagrams, Leah's training unfortunately seems like since that meet it hasn't gone amazing. It hasn't gone bad. It looked like she hit a little injury bug and she's doing a little bit better now. But basically what I'm seeing is like, it would probably be really good if she could match what she did at that past meet, which she did at a local meet. Now she was with national judges because I know she has the American record now on bench press. Um, She actually chipped Demetria. Um, But if she could just come in and hit that eight, same 827 total, that would be awesome. The thing is looking at Demetria, Deadlift and bench seem to be really trending upwards. Um, I didn't see her posting a ton on her squat, so let's just assume that's just going to be about the same. Bench, for sure, it seemed like she had another 5 pounds, and deadlift, it seemed she had another 10 pounds, which put put her literally neck and neck with Leah at about 825. So they're probably going to be battling around 825. So the question is if Tiffany, Denise, and Katharina can get up to that. They're going to need to add about... 40-ish pounds to their total to join that. Very possible. It could happen. I'm not, I mean, looking at Denise and Katharina right now, their training is going really well. I'm not quite sure if I see 40 to 50 pounds added to their total, which leads me to believe that it's probably going to be Demetria and Leah battling for that second or third place, unless we see something happen. Like Like I said, Leah's been possibly battling with some injury issues and that might come to play. Um, Demetria's training looks great, but that, that's kind of how I see it playing out. I, I'm going to guess this is my, this is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to probably pick Demetria to go second. And just the reason why is I, 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 I believe Leah is really having the force 47 kilos. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is a natural weight class for her. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, I yeah I would agree with the top three. I would obviously have Heather Connor number one, but the battle becomes interesting between Dimitri and Leah, and I really think it's 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 still going to be them at two and three, even in spite of uh, Denise and Katharina uh, recent recent training, and they're they're always on the come up those two. So I that last performance Leah had was was fantastic. Like that actually turned a lot of heads in powerlifting. That's the reason why I'm just a little bit like kind of gun shy of doubting her because that performance alone is sticking in my head right now. Uh, Demetria, Demetria is consistent. And right now she's building a lot of momentum. So her at second, I think is her at second, I think is, uh, is appropriate here. From what I've gathered, that seems, like I said, it seems to be more of a natural weight class for Demetria. Um, She's competed pretty recently, so like we, we kind of know where her numbers are at. I, I, have, I have no doubt that that's going to be the that's going to be the battle of this weight class most likely. It's going to be Demetria versus Leah. And actually, honestly, unless Tip Easter Katharina makes some big jump, that's actually a really good battle for fourth as well. 
like who's going to be kind of that person that's going to then challenge Dimitri Lee and Heather in coming years. Um, I know looking at Denise right now, her deadlift is looking really good. Bench is looking really good. Squat is looking really good. So I, I think she probably could possibly push around 790 to 800 possibly, which again is getting very close where if Dimitri or Leah slip up, she could kind of sneak in there. Um, but if I'm, if I'm going to put my predictions down, it's going to be Heather one, Demetria second, Leah third. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one, which doesn't help me in any sort of point situation. If I'm trying to compete with the Oracle here, if I have the same exact picks, but I, I always give a clear opinion on it. And yeah, that's what I think is going to happen too. Um, rooting for Leah though, because like I, uh, I've seen a lot of her training since we actually did the raw nationals potential snubs. And I looked at her numbers and her, I looked at her numbers and her training performances. And then she had that beat and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm becoming a fan of Leah, uh, especially because she's also a gamer who really wanted to compete at this meet. And I think she's going to do some good things still. But, yeah, I, I just look at that momentum that Dimitri is building. And um, I, I think second is appropriate for her. Uh, those other three competitors we have there, I'm very, very interested in what they do. Also, there's one that I, I noticed, uh, Katie Cohen. Um uh, Kate Co on Instagram. I think she does USPA meets, but her training numbers are pretty solid. She just put like 385 for a set of three on deadlift. He's good, good. So we have her a little bit off the off the rankings here, but I think she can actually put a, together a good total that breaks her potentially into the top five. Yeah, one. I mean, her last qual her qualifying total coming in is 332.5. So let me – you said she competed in USPA recently? I know. I don't think recently. I think that's that's her kind of the, the where she competes at is USPA. I could be wrong about that, but her, her, her lifts are pretty damn good. Especially deadlift. Very good deadlift on her. Okay, so this, – well, this is kind of weird. She used her qualifying total from her most recent meet, which – in 2020, it was 7.33. Her best meet, though, oh, she was up a weight class. So she used to compete at 52 kilo, and she hit a 7.60 total. She hit 7.33 at 47 kilo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but if you're saying, yeah, I mean, I see that here. What did she pull before? Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Her best pull at 47 kilo was 3.47, and she, yeah, she pulled. 385 by three. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Yeah, she's a very, so, very good deadlifter. Um, yeah, someone someone to definitely watch out for. Maybe a potential big breakout performer here. Yeah, so like I said, that's one of those ones that, like, if we're looking at qualifying totals, she looked a bit out of reach. But if her training, I mean, it looks like she – if you take 385, she hit let – me, let me add up these numbers real quick. So she hit – I'm not even looking to see so much if like how easy these were or try and make projections. Let's just, let's just say, let's say she can hit 400. She can do 385 for three. And then what's her, she had 260 on squat um, for an easy single. So let's say she can do 270 and then what's a bench. Let's see her bench press. Where is it at? Does she have any bench presses up here? I don't see any benches up. So let's just say she hits her past lift of 148. Well, that's 818. Yeah. That would put her right with Dimitri and Leah. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what she does. A, a bit of a a bit of a mystery as well. Um yeah, going down 
Going down 47 kilos, I don't know if that's like a new thing that's going to try a weight cut out. That's that's the kind that's the other information that's uh, that's always going to be a mystery is how they handle the weight cut, how it goes for them on that uh, on that certain on that certain variable within competition. But yeah, I just I saw the name on there and I'm I'm like I know I follow her and I know I follow her for a reason and that's because it throws up some incredible num- uh, incredible lifts, especially that deadlift. Yeah, and it looks like she doesn't have to cut too much weight. She's right at one hundred four point five right now. All right. Well, I'm excited to see that. We could potentially have someone break in top five and possibly in that two to three range. I think I'm going to go with Leah and Demetria still, just based on familiarity. But I'm going to – okay. Well, you, you've you changed my mind. This is why, like, we're doing this live and we're looking at everything. I love Leah. It's just that based on what she's saying, it just doesn't seem like things are coming together super well for her. I mean, her last post, it, it wasn't great. She's suffering through a quad injury. Um, things are struggling a bit. Um, that 400-pound deadlift makes me thinking for Kate. Or for Kate. Yeah. Because she's going to get the last pull. I don't know about that. Oh, I mean, last pull <laughs> between. For, I mean, not, not talking about Heather. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Heather's just in her own world. I'm going I'm to, just for the sake of the Oracle doing something a little bit different than you, so we can have some fun here, I'm go. I'm going to go upset. I'm going to go Heather, Demetria, then Kate. Let's go crazy here. All right. All right. I have no problem with that. And, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm I happy to see, you know, give uh, give Kate Cohen some, uh, some of that respect there because she is a fantastic lifter. I'm still going to keep mine just now to keep the competition in sense. I'm going to stick with my, with my takes. Uh, and also – if you end up winning this, credit goes to me because I had to inform you and educate you about Katie Cohen because – Yeah, you did. Uh, you did, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Kudos on that. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that will do it for 47 Kilo Women, um, an interesting weight class. Now on to the 66 Kilo Men, which we talked about in the March Madness bracket. This could potentially be the most competitive weight class at Raw Nationals within – Top three, like the 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 potential jostling between uh, Jonathan Garcia, Daniel Clemens, Rodrigo Manso, and um, Morgan Garcia, can really be interesting. Like we can be talking about a huge variety of different placings here. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely the class that probably has the least solidified favorite. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think we both have our favorites, but I don't think any of us could like say like, yeah, this person's going to win. Like all four of these guys have a legitimate shot based on how things play out. Cause there's also things here. Like there's, there's little storylines of, uh, I, I, some people have had grip issues. Um, some people have had weight cut issues. Um, some people haven't competed since 2019 at raw national. So we haven't seen them compete. So there's a lot of storylines here. I mean, coming into this, Jonathan Garcia has the highest total at 66. Daniel, if he had made weight at winter records, would have the highest total, but he didn't make weight. Um, I think he totaled 1570 something, is I believe. Let me let me. That's yeah, he totaled 1576 at winter records. Um, but like I said, he didn't make weight. Seemingly. 
Um, he is training at a lower body weight now um, and is very confident that weight won't be an issue. And training's going even better. So if we're going in face of qualifying totals, Jonathan's coming in at 1536, Daniel at 1483, Rodrigo at 1477, and Morgan at 1466. So kind of going top down. Looking at Jonathan, um, he literally posted on his Instagram, he noted that he can't show the high-end stuff yet. <laughs> so we don't know in particular how things are going outside of everything leads me to believe that training is going well. I, I haven't heard of him having setbacks or having any issues in training in a long time. He seems like a really consistent lifter who's just continually each meet added a little bit to his total. So the only thing I can guess is looking at his training, because it's just a lot of rep work, is that he's probably going to add 5 to 10 pounds to each lift. Now, his last meet was local, and they were all-out grinders. Like, they, yeah. they were hard lifts. Um, he hit the American record squat, and he was only like 20 pounds, 19 pounds off the American record total. So that's why I don't want to go more than five or 10 with my guesstimate, just because those were really hard lifts. And now he's going to nationals where uh, he's going to have to hit those really hard lifts again. So I got him going 590, 400 and 570. That would be a 1560 total that would break the American record by five pounds. We were talking about that a lot in March Madness. We, we, we figured one or multiple people are going to break the Charles Ococo's American record total. Yeah. So I got him at 1560. Daniel Clements, I believe, is both of our favorites. Am I wrong in saying that? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Daniel Clements believer. I picked yeah. him over Sean Noriega in our two white lights, March Madness. So, yeah, yeah. I am very high on uh, Daniel Clements, potentially being the being one of the super lightweight classes juggernauts, if you will, uh, kind of replacing Charles Apoco um, in that sense. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in him. And Jonathan Garcia too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like I was, I was high on both those guys. I picked Jonathan Garcia over Michael C. and Daniel Clements over Sean Noriega. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm showing a lot of love to the 66 kilos. So Daniel's best meet at 66 was 507, 336, and 640. His best meet when he weighed a bit above at 147, he hit 529, 363, and 683. According to everything I see. Squat and deadlift are trending at all-time PR numbers while at a lower body weight. Yeah. He hasn't posted bench very much, though, which I'll say worries me a little bit. I don't know if there's an issue there or if he just doesn't post bench. I'm not sure. He benched 336 at, at the last time at 66. He benched 369 or 363 in the meet. Just for the sake of not knowing, I'm going to split the difference there and say he benches 350. Squat, though, he just hit – well, I got it down here. I think he he just hit a PR. I think he hit maybe like 531 for a double or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Let me look it up. He hit some type of squat PR. Um, I've got him projected at 545. And then deadlift, he hit 683 at the meet where he missed weight, and he hit 700 in the warrant room. I'm not going to project him for 700 because I don't think he'll take that per se. I think he's going to take what's going to be needed to win. And so I put 689 because if I do 689, that puts him at 1584 and that's 24 kilos above Jonathan, Mm -hmm. which he may not even need at 689. The big thing here is Daniel's going to get, he possibly could pull 700. He's going to get a chance, even if he doesn't do well on squat and bench to pull for the win Uh, that if there's, if there's anything I can predict, that's one thing I can predict is he's going to get the pull for the win. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
that, that deadlift is, I mean, all of his lifts are fantastic, but with him, I, I actually, like, I, I know we talked about during Two White Lights March Madness of uh, the weight cut, mit, like, him missing weight his last meet, and that actually should account for something, but knowing him, knowing how methodical he is with his approach, and the way he changes things up, and he's very honest with himself, and he's a very disciplined lifter, I don't think that's going to be an issue, and yeah, I could see something close to those projected totals, and if it's anything close to those projected totals, then yeah, that that total is it's going to be very very hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, plausibly, because I'm undershooting some things. He hit 551 in training. I'm projecting 545. Because again, I'm I'm trying to. I don't want to say realistic. Be, be conservative here. Like yeah. I, I don't know exactly how his training numbers translate. We don't know bench. We know deadlifts is going well. So 1584, like conservatively. Next up is Rodrigo Manzo. He hasn't competed since Raw Nationals when he won 66. Um, his training, though, looks like it's going really well. He squatted 529, pretty darn easy. It looked like he for sure probably could go 540. Um, he long pause bench, like three full-on three-second pause bench, 352. So I have him about 365 on bench. And then he deadlifted 632 and a half at probably like a nine to nine and a half RPE. So let's say 640 on deadlift. That puts him at 1545. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're looking at the top three, we're going to get to Morgan Aquino uh, Garcia in a second here. He's going to be kind of, I don't say on the outskirts, but he's going to be kind of like on the outside looking in. Like if so, I, I feel like if someone makes a mistake, he has a chance to, to take uh, advantage of that. But most likely the favorites for top three are Daniel, Jonathan, and Rodrigo. And looking at how it plays out, I got Daniel definitely as the favorite. Jonathan just barely ahead of Rodrigo, but Rodrigo's got the bigger deadlift and is going to have the chance to be able to pull what he needs to. And that's where it's going to be tough there. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Yeah, this weight class is extremely interesting because of, like, I think Rodrigo is, one, a gamer himself. The dude, when I when I watch his training, I could tell everything is again with a disciplined approach. But also, I think he can execute all the stuff on the platform. Uh, Deadlift scares me a little bit because I know he has a little bit of a fondness of those straps, which you know I'm not a fan of. But deadlift worries me because of the straps, and that's only complete bias on my account. Probably actually a horrible sports take because that's just my my disdain for wrap or uh, straps. But I, I, I'm confident he can go 8 for 9, 9 for 9 here, and that will kind of jostle him position towards that upper end. Um, man, that it's hard. I, I, I would, I'm obviously going to say Daniel Clemens is my favorite. I you know, prefaced it in the Two White Lights Mark Madness that he was my favorite to win 66 kilos, especially with my confidence in him correcting some of the mistakes that he made as far as weight cut goes uh, at the winter record, but still putting up a massive total. Um, I think he could definitely correct upon that. I'm also very high on Jonathan Garcia. I, I, I have to put Jonathan Garcia number two because I've seen the progression he had. And he has, I don't know, I might be saying a different, I might have a different story here if I saw something from Rodrigo Manso as far as Amico's. And it's nothing to his fault. I think it's just kind of his the territory of living in California during the COVID. You know, like California mm-hmm. was a little bit more difficult with having meats. And the other states that uh, Rodrigo, I mean, not Rodrigo, Jonathan and Daniel competed in, where it was a little easy, easier having these meets. Um, and 
Uh, I, yeah, I just I have that. I, I do hold more weight into recent meets, so I would have to have Jonathan Garcia second. And yeah, I'm gonna have Rodrigo Monzo third. Uh, very very intrigued what Morgan Garcia can do. Um, I know a lot of people are high on him right now, and with good reason. He is an up and coming lifter, has a lot of potential. Uh, those projected totals are, are are far behind Rodrigo and Jonathan and Daniel, so that's where I I think he's going to have a hard time getting into that top three, um, just based just based on what we see from all these lifters. Yeah, and based on Morgan's lifts, he, he competed at the Arnold, and based on his training, it looks like it's going well. And I added, I, I could see about ten to twenty pounds on each lift, and that that got me to about a fifteen oh five total. But that's where it, it, it probably just isn't with. Daniel, Jonathan, Rodrigo. It, it, they would need to slip up and something would need to happen. I don't think, I, I don't quite think Morgan's there. I think he's very solidly in fourth. And if someone slips up or something happens, he's got a chance at third. But I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go Daniel first. I'm going to go Jonathan second. And I think the Jonathan-Daniel battle is going to be closer than we think. I, I think, I mean, you don't joke that you can't show the high-end stuff when it's not going well. Yeah. You don't you don't joke yeah. about that if like there wasn't something to show and he's obviously gaming. He's he's not being an IG lifter. Yeah, and he's and he's typically to get the cl- he's typically he's not an IG lifter. lifter anyway. Yeah, he's never been a clout lifter. He he's very obviously holding back. And I I just got a lot of confidence in him. His training's been going really well over the last couple of years. I think that could be close. I'm going to go Daniel number one, though, solely for the reason that he's going to get a chance to pull whatever he needs to. So I'm going to go Jonathan second and then Rodrigo third. So I'm with you on that one. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we're in agreement there. Uh, some of the lifters uh, that are that I see in here, um, Evan Glasgow, if he doesn't rank top three, I think he could just triangle choke one of those lifters and, you know, call it a day. Uh, the, uh, a brilliant BJJ artist himself. Um, uh, Charlie Yang making a 66 kilo debut. That's going to be exciting. He is a uh, defending national champion of 59 kilos. So I'm very curious to see uh, his progression into the 66 kilo weight class. But uh, yeah, okay, that's going to do it for the 66 kilo men. Uh, a very, very intriguing competition coming up. I'm going to be excited to uh, to see how that ball plays out. All right, now we have the 52-kilo women. Uh, looking at this, based on an untrained eye, I think people would just automatically say Marissa Inda is the queen of this division. She has been for a long time, and this is her division to lose. But, and we reference this back in March, Andrea Riley right now is looking like she is going to be the one to dethrone Marissa. Yeah, and her training's going really well. Marissa, I mean a couple things here. One, she had a her best meet ever at the Grand Prix, I think back in 2018, and ever since then other than bench press, it's kind of been a, a slow decline with squat and deadlift because I know she struggles through back issues. Yeah. And the only thing she's really posted that would give us any idea of her strength levels is her bench. She's posted some squat and deadlift stuff, but it's like rep work and it was more like an informative post, not really like showing off her lifts. So it's really hard to know if if, if those are going to come out as any kind of 
for our last meet. So pretty much, I, I, at best, I'm going to project those to be the same. We've seen those actually regressing, but let, let's give her the benefit of the doubt that they're going to stay the same. I, I give her a little bump on bench. So that would put her at about a 941 total. We go 319, 226, 396 for 941. I don't think that's going to be good enough to beat Andrea because Andrea's lifts her. Andrea's best squats, 336 in a meet. She just hit 338 for four. Mm-hmm. Her best deadlift is 407. She just hit 380 for five. Um, I don't think I saw a bunch on bench. There wasn't as much, but it still, it looked really good. Like, I, I mean, I fully expect Andrea to come out and just freaking crush it. I'm I, Now, like looking at some of her lifts, she's very obviously good at rep work. I don't think because she hits 338 by four, that means she's going to squat 385 or something crazy based off of like an estimated one RM. I think she's really good at rep work. Cause like, if you look at the 338, the first two reps look really good. Reps three and four both look like 10 RP, which usually is a sign of just someone being really, really good at grinding out rep work. Um, as, as very commonly some women are, and I'm going to plug my distance traveled YouTube video if you really want to understand why. I've been referencing that a lot recently with a lot of lifters. There you go. Distance I rep deadlift work. Yeah. So because of that, I'm not going to just go and say she's going to squat 385 and just total 1,000 pounds plus. But I think 355 on squat should be a very reasonable number. 195 on bench for a slight little bench PR. And then about 20 pounds in her deadlift to 425. If she does that, and I honestly think that's conservative, that's 975, and that out totals Marissa by 34 pounds. And let's even look. What's Marissa? When Marissa did that that super meet she had, what was that? Her super meet at the Grand Prix was 942. Mm-hmm. Or 948. 948. I'm sorry, that was in 2017. So her best ever total is 948. And that would be her repeating her super meet. And I got Andrea going 30 pounds above that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to go on the platform and execute all these lifts. So that's 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 where, I, I mean, I have my reserves. Uh, Marissa Inda is a veteran. She's been there, done that. This is, I don't know how many net raw nationals she's done, but she's done, she's done it all. He's done every single big meet you can do on the drug tested side of powerlifting. The Arnold, Worlds, Raw Nationals, he's done it and he's done well at all of them. Uh, a, a true legend, if you will, in the USAPL. But I think we always have to have a new champion. And right now, if there's going to be a breakout new champion of powerlifting, it is Andrea Riley. I think that is going to be... That is going to be her destiny at this Raw Nationals. I'm excited to see it because I love I love seeing new champions. I love yeah. seeing it. I really I actually in this case I really do hope it happens. Um, so I think we're in agreement. We're, we have Andrea Riley as our favorite to win. Um, I think that would have to leave us with Marinda in a second, but I guess third place here. That's the yeah. interesting one. Is is who's going to podium between uh, Tina Tornado and uh, Jamie Fisher? Yeah, that's going to be a really good battle. And Tina is definitely on the come up because she obviously, I think she suffered through some back issues. Um, I know she had to drop out of 2019 Raw Nats because of that. And then training was kind of iffy for a while, but training seems to go really well for her. Um, and I'm not quite sure how she peaks from her training numbers, but if she peaks well, I mean, she's looking, I mean, her best total is 898. And I see just based off of her training numbers, her, her definitely being able to go over 900. I've got her at about 910 right now. 
Um, squat, the one thing she has is she's tended to have depth, depth issues. And looking at her squat training right now, it doesn't look like it's, it's any, it looks like it's good, but it doesn't look like it's necessarily better than anything she's done. So I have her just squatting 303 again. Her bench though looks better. So I have her looking at like a two and a half kilo PR and going 215. And then again, her deadlift. I know she's that's that's usually been her lift is her deadlift and she can grind out a deadlift like crazy. So I, I can see her adding two and a half kilos to her deadlift from her best meet back in 2019 and, and going 390. The question, like I said, is Jamie is uh, a bit more of where she's progressing faster. Um, mm-hmm. She's been adding a lot to her total. Um, she competed back in October and hit an 860 total, but looking at her lifts since then, they're pretty crazy. Um, her bench, uh, at her last meet was 221, and she's hit 240 in training now. Um, she deadlifted 347, but she's hit a deadlift in training at 345 fairly easy. And then her de- her best squat in a meet's 292, and she squatted 290 for three. Mm-hmm. Now, again, looking at some of her lifts. I don't know if the bench was necessarily a comp pause, so I don't know if I can give her a full 340. And then second, I don't know if 290 by three translates to like all of a sudden squatting like 330. So I could see her adding 10 pounds to her squat, basically all three lifts. Like I could see easily 10 pounds to all three lifts, and that puts her around 895. So if Tina's around 910, Jamie around 895, that's really a toss up. Like I, that, that's just projections. Like that's a toss up who gets third. I think though, I'm going to trust the experience and the deadlift with Tina taking third. Yeah, um, I I think for me, I, I would I would fall under the same lines because they are close. But Tina, very similar to Marissa, has a, a much more experienced lifter in these type of meets, um, and that does matter. Like it does matter, especially in at Raw Nationals, uh, how you approach certain lifts, how you promote approach uh, the ranking, the standings. Um, Tina has spoken extensively on her story about you know injuries and you know coming through all that, um, and, I, and I know that's having effect on her. But I still think, just based on the numbers we see, you can definitely see a third place finish from her. Um, Jamie's building momentum though. That's that's a, a big thing with me is building momentum and just watching her progression as a lifter. Um, you know what? I might I might just have Jamie Fisher uh, take top three there, and just just to kind of get a give the Oracle a run for his money. Okay, that works. For me. I can't argue that. Like I said, I, I think that one's a toss up. I'm just I'm just going back off of meet day experience and. Who's going to have the bigger deadlift and have a chance to pull for it? And so, yeah. And, but the, the thing I do know that like, Tina's going to make the right attempts. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's not going to do anything stupid because she's a smart competitor and she is no, is it is pretty disciplined. I mean, she's part of the Flex fam. So, you know, in the pocket, quote unquote, in the pocket uh, is probably the approach he's going to take on this. Um, so... Yeah, like that's that's one thing that I just know in the back of my mind is going to happen. Tina is going to take smart attempts that will probably get her third. I just you know, I throw I throw a new name in the mix here with Jamie Fisher. So, all right, you got Andrea, Marissa, and Jamie. I got Andrea, Marissa, and Tina. All right, fantastic. Now to the next weight class, the seventy-four kilo men, which. Apparently, there's now money on this. Uh, 
Johnny Candido's throwing around money on Venmo that uh, he put fifty dollars that Taylor Atwood's going to win, and I think more people are taking the uh, taking taking the pot here, or taking the taking the bet. Um, I guess I uh, guess if anyone wants to bet, if you, if you want to bet, I'll bet on that too. I love Perk, but if anyone wants to bet, I, I will put any kind of money down on Taylor winning. <laughs> We're going to have just this massive gambling ring on the 74 kilo man. And you know what's going to happen? It's it's the last thing we need is to give more reason for the 74 kilo man to talk <laughs> in general. Because they as as much as as talented lifters as they are, they do not shut the hell up about anything. But I guess that keeps people interested in powerlifting and we do have a battle on our hands uh, on this one. Money's on the line, apparently, which is uh, quite interesting. But, yeah, Connie Candido, I guess, is the bookmaker now. I, I think he's uh, overtaking our territory or our goal territory of being powerlifting sportsbook. But I, I say between one and two right now, that that's the competition. Perkins versus Atwood. Their best meets Perkins at 800 kilos, Atwood at... Uh, eight twelve kilos, very close between them. Training seems to be going great for the both of them, and in in this in this competition here, I I think this is the closest that Atwood is going to be challenged or pushed in his entire career, or just within the past four or five years. Yeah, but, I completely I completely agree with that. Yeah. I've got them in projection. I mean, their training is both going well. I've got them both projected to add 20 pounds to their total. Could be more, but 20 pounds. So that's both 10, about seven and a half to 10. So going like 820, perk going like 807 to 810. Mm-hmm. If Taylor misses a lift, that's it. Like that, that opens the door. And they're both people who typically go nine for nine. Yeah. It's just who would you bet? on of more likely to go nine for nine in all their lifts. Taylor's done it at every level. Yep. And that's the difference for me. And both of them are gamers, but honestly, I don't know if there's anyone I trust more in all of the USAPL to take a third poll for a win than Taylor Atwood. I don't trust anyone in the USAPL just in general to execute a lift like Taylor Atwood. I mean, just Instagram personality aside, which I can get annoyed with, the dude is my favorite lifter because I want to make every lift that I do Taylor Atwood-esque. He's brilliant, and he's seemingly finding the second wind where people were doubting him uh, within the beginning of 2020. He drops a nuke on everyone and drops an 812 kilo total and looks like he could total 825. On that given day, I, I, this, I have to preface this because if I hear another perk, even if it's sarcastic, perk is underrated thing, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Atwood, I think, is going to have a unprecedented, amazing meet where he is going to total something stupid, and that is the reason why he is going to win. Perkins can do the same exact thing. But if I'm comparing nine for nine meets, Atwood is going to win, and that's a, I I can break a prediction. Both of them are going to go nine for nine, and just on that, Atwood's going to have the better total because I you need to have faith in Atwood at this point. 
He's and, and trending with, so perfectly. One of the issues with Perks 800, they were all out grinders. Yes. He could have missed those. Yeah. He could have missed those. Taylor's literally looked like they were second attempts. Yeah. Maybe they were second attempts, but my point is he wasn't going to miss those. He could do that meet five more times and he would have totaled the same thing five more times unless some judge decided they wanted to red light him dropping the deadlift. Yes. But yes. taking that away, he could have, he could, if he did that meet 10 times, he would have totaled that 10 times. I think if Perk did that meet 10 times, he would have made that total five or six. Because I, I call them sometimes 50 50 lists. When yes. you truly do a 10 RPE grinder, there's a 50-50 chance something's going to go wrong and you're going to miss it. Yes. Yes. So yes. that's that's the thing. Is like we're, I, I've got them separated by about 30 pounds, but that's with Perk grinding out all three lifts, and that's with Taylor probably making all three lifts not look too hard. Yes. Yes, I completely agree with you on that one. Um, you know, and people with – I mean, even though it was an 800-kilo performance, it was an amazing day. I think just comparing the two performances, Atwood was – was was a better performance in both ways, where the total was obviously higher, but also the execution of the lifts were much better. And I can't I can't see him going back on that. Uh, Perk since then, I mean, it's a single ply meet, but it was relatively recently, and that does take something out of you. Where Atwood had all this time to recover from that last meet, and based on his training, he looks fantastic. And just just as Perk is because this is going to be bulletin board material for Perk. We're probably going to hear it on the story. We're probably going to hear it on the Instagram. I'm used to it by now, so I'm numb to it. But Edward's a very similar person in the sense that he can find ways to get motivated to compete with another person, and he's definitely found something. He's found something that Perk has said that has annoyed him, that he wants to outperform him. And that's, you know, if if Perk is definitely a motivated guy, the last thing you want is a motivated Taylor Atwood as well. Because, yeah. like, I, he's, he's, in my opinion right now, just how he does things, he's the best lifter in the USAPL. He is. Even though I had Ashton Roscoe winning in the Two Wild Lights March Madness, that's what I see in the future. But as far as consistency goes, longevity goes, it's Taylor Atwood. It is Taylor Atwood because he's been perfect for such a long time. So in, within this weight class, I just can't see anyone else winning. And one of the worst things that happened to 74 men and having been competitive with Taylor is that they got more competitive and that made him raise it up a notch. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe, uh, maybe Pug was Taylor Atwood's, um, what is it? Uh, I guess I'm dating myself with the boxing reference, but Sugar Ray Robinson needed Jake LaMotta to kind of push Sugar Ray Robinson into a greater sphere. That's probably what happened inadvertently. From uh, Ricky Cho to Taylor Atwood, where it just pushed him to another level because that was the guy who was prying at him and poking at him and saying few he's was the best lifter in the world, and it just he did a meet that it was twelve kilos over all their goals of totaling eight hundred. Yes. So yeah, so. I think we've seen the evidence of a motivated Taylor Atwood, and it seems like we're getting more evidence of a motivated Taylor Atwood and. Yeah, I I don't see it. I don't see I don't see Perk winning. I could see Perk having this ridiculous day where he does go like eight fifteen, eight twenty, but I don't think Atwood is going eight fifteen or eight twenty. I think he's going to be eight twenty five. 
tape. I'm going to throw out a hot take here. And if this, if you want to get perk riled up, this will get perk riled up. Oh, great. Yeah, great. We, we need that. Just, just continue with this. <laughs> so let take. me preface. Perk is one of my favorite lifters in the USAPL. I freaking love watching him lift. Mm-hmm. His squad is gorgeous. Hot take, though. I see, this is going to be a pun intended, I see Michael C. having a better chance and being closer to beating Perk than Perk is to beating Atwood. Because Michael C.'s training has been going pretty darn well. We kind of voted him out of the March Madness, and ever since then, all I've been seeing is some really good training. And you know what I want to see? I want to see C do it because I love Michael C. I want to see him do that. I want to see him. I want to see him avenge the performances that he's had, where he's built a reputation uh, from other lifters of not being able to perform on the platform. I want to see him get to a higher podium position. I want because I don't. I don't. I, I still don't think he's going to overtake Atwood, but I would love to see him get second. Sorry, Perk. I'm sorry, Perk. I'm Team C. I I apologize. I like him. The best thing Michael C could do is not try and hit 800 kilos, in my opinion. I've got him projected right now around 790, and I think that is very doable. And if he just goes in and hits his lifts and doesn't have a, a, a number in mind and Perk slips at all, C overtakes him. I've got C, so like, C squatted 633, he benched 413, and he deadlifted 661 at that last meet, where he he, he totaled like 777.5, I think, or something like that, 1708. Since then, he usually actually does better in meets than in training, um, at least on squat and deadlift, especially on deadlift. Since then, he squatted 639 at maybe like an 8.5 RPE to like a 9 RPE. So from that, like I see him being able to squat 644 in meets. That's 10 pounds up. He benched 418 with kind of a faster pause. So I, I but it was it's pretty easy. So let's say you get it 418. But the biggest thing, he usually does better on deadlift in a meet than he does in training. His best deadlift was 661, and he's hit 683 in training. So he just, let's just go 644, 418, 680. That's 1742, and that's a 790 kilo total. Mm-hmm. Does that beat Perk's best day ever? No. That's why I think Perk will, I, I predict him to get second. But I don't see Taylor Atwood slipping. Like I said with Perk, if one little thing goes wrong with one of those grinders, he could drop to 790 and C could outpull him. Because I, I can see it. I can, I, I'm not predicting <sighs> C to beat Perk, but I see it as more of a possibility than Perk beating Atwood. I don't, even with the pull, though, I mean, I just see Perkins going in the 700s. I, w- I, I do hope you're right. And, you know, I'm not... I'm not saying C will out-pull Perkins. I'm just saying he'll have a chance to pull for the win. Ah, okay, okay. And that will have to push Perkins possibly to something he can't do. Yeah. I. You know what? I mean, it's going to sound like I'm a dick, but, I mean, yeah, it's very... It's it's known that I, like, as far as his people, as far as, like, who I just want to see succeed, of course I'm going to root for the underdog, and that's Michael C. I'm rooting for the underdog right now um, that they could... That he can put it together a total that will get him into that second place range, improve upon his last performance. Uh, don't know what the future is for him. Uh, some hints that he's going up to 83, which I'll be excited one to compete with him. But I would love to see him have this fantastic meet where he is projected into the top two at Raw Nationals and, and definitely improve upon his 775 total 
which is ridiculous. Like, that's another thing that people just overlook so much about Michael C. Of course, Perk and Atwood definitely deserve their praise, but, you know, I think C gets, you know, pushed aside a little bit, and having a 1,700-pound total at 74 kilos is ridiculous. And I, I think I got into a debate with this at, with a few lifters. Um, like, he's, I don't know, 20 kilos above the third or the fourth all-time guy in USAPL and IPF. Like, come on! Like he's it's it's crazy how how high I mean how crazy like um how the bar has been raised for these seventy four kilo guys. So, um yeah, I hope to see that. Uh, we also have uh, Ricky Cho in the mix uh, and Eric Lapointe, which that will be an interesting one. Um, Ricky Cho has had obvious issues making weight, uh, training. Doesn't seem to be like the Ricky Show of old. No, and he just competed. I haven't seen this list because he didn't post them and I didn't catch him on the live stream, but he just competed at the Virginia State meet. He weighed in at 77.4. So we know where he's at. Like, that's what he weighs. He weighs about four and a half kilos overweight. He hit 584, 385, or no, 578, 358, and 683. Or wait, no, sorry. I'm screwing up. 578, 358, 683 is his best meet at uh, 74 kilos. He hit 584, 385, and 666 at 77.4 for a 35 total. Um, in the in the realm of things, we're covering them. Not I, I don't they don't really aren't in the picture to be able to kind of crack the top three. Like Taylor Austin and Michael are just way out of the pack. I put this in here. I'm throwing it out there. I'm going to Eric LaPointe for fourth. I've got Ricky Cho at 1635 weighing in at 77.4. I've got Eric LaPointe who is going to make weight no problem. I think he can go 1635 as well, except he doesn't have to cut the weight that Richard's going to have to cut to hit that same total. Yeah. And Eric is going to pull a world record unofficial America. He's going to pull an official American record and an unofficial world record pull most likely because his deadlift has been going off. And he, uh, his deadlift has been going off and he already had a ridiculous deadlift to go with. So I think we're going to be seeing him pull last for sure. Um, yep. I, I think he's definitely in that seven, uh, 27 range to seven, possibly seven thirty eight range. The guy, I love his deadlift. I he he's got the best leverage for it. He's got an incredible hook. He he he's awesome. He's a fantastic deadlifter. And yeah, I I think um if if we're gonna get a surprise here, I think uh, potentially Eric Lapointe uh will get will get that in there too. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited to see Eric Lapointe uh Eric Lapointe compete. I think him and Ricky Cho is gonna be an interesting one, uh, especially in the 74 kilo weight class, just because. Uh, Pug, you know, he still kind of holds a little bit of mystique about him, you know, with the trash talk in 2019, uh, kind of, I'm, I'm going to say it regress since then, but, uh, we'll see, you know, if he could put himself in the picture again. Uh, let's see, let's see how game he is. Let's see how he recovers from this, from this meet where he didn't make weight at. And since then, it's like you, you have to, if, if we're talking about Michael C redeeming himself after a few bad meets, I think it's double doubly the case for R R Ricky Cho because people have been shitting on him since he missed weight, and this is the meat to kind of redeem himself since then. Yeah, and I know, like, one thing is, like, 
the trash talking was a game. Like it, it was, it, it, I, I, I'm not saying he's not a nice guy. Like it was a game and it obviously worked. It got him a big following. It got him to be very relevant. Um, but yeah, it definitely some people who took it very serious in the trash talking, they're on his nuts because if you're going to go that hard, you got to live up to it. I, I call it a Kale Sonnen thing. At yeah. least Kale Sonnen at least almost beat Anderson Silva. He got really close. Yeah. I, if you're going to be, talk, I'm going to be a dick here and say comparing the two trash talk is, is well, almost Sonnen's the all time greatest trash talker. Yeah, exactly. Time. No, Kel Sonnen's was actually good. Like Jim Ricky Rose. Joe and Perkins and Atwood was like, the lamest and shittiest trash talk of all time, and it made me cringe listening to them. Like, they're not trash talking. They're just saying little quips, and then kind of just, like, they're typing it out, too. There's no delivery to it. Where, like, Kel Sonnen was, like, a wrestling promo. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it anymore. But, right. yeah, sorry. So, sorry about that. I, we're in agreement. Taylor, Austin, Michael, one, two, three. All right. Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and I'm curious to see on your hot take, uh, which even though you pick Perkins number two, he will, you know, listen definitely listen to this podcast and be like, fuck you, Steve Denobi. I'm not underrated. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, and, you know, we got, and this is going to be a uh, just a heavyweight class as far as competitors go. A lot of, a lot of people uh, competing in the 74-kilo weight class, um, you know, I got to mention, I think Gage Carrion possibly can get top five here. And that'll be... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's actually... You know what? I did all these projections before I realized he had be in addition. So what's, what is Gage... Gage could possibly go... Yeah, he could possibly be right with Eric and Richard. Yeah. Because his, his lists have been amazing lately. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's 59, but... Deadlift? He's been deadlifting over 700 routinely, correct? Yes. Uh, the thing that worries like me, very routinely. Yeah, the thing that worries me about him uh, is just execution, just like him just executing any lift on the platform uh, and a weight cut. Um, you know, actually, if I'm going to say this, if someone listens to a podcast and gets motivated over someone says uh, Gage can act like he doesn't care, but he cares. Uh, so if he listens to this, it might motivate him a little bit to actually perform better on the platform and actually get some things in check. But yeah, he has the potential to be top five. It's just executing his lifts. And yeah. we got to see, I mean, I mean what is, if I took his gym list, he would very strongly be in fourth place if he could execute the gym list on the platform. And that would be awesome. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, of course I would. I would love it. Even though he's my arch nemesis and uh, I love trashing him. I would, I am rooting for him above everyone else to get top five. Just, just do it, Gage. We, I fucking believe in you. Just do it. Execute. Take this. Take this for motivation. I'm to- telling you, I believe you, believe in you, and you can do it. Just do it, dude. Just do it. I want to see it. All right. Now, now to a much more simple weight class. The 57 kilo women. Just a bunch of really nice people that don't trash talk each other <laughs> and are very supportive. Yes, they're all awesome. I love the 57 kilo uh, female competitors. Uh, we just had Brittany Saplicki on the show. Um, and I would put her as my favorite right now uh, to win the 57 kilo. But we have 
Meg Scanlon in there too, and her training seems to be going very, very well. And this is just a very interesting weight class where I start, where I think you're going to see one um, a, a great competition between them. Because I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna I, I could be wrong here. Aside from the 69 kilo women, this has to be the most competitive, and maybe the 57 with Andrea Riley and Marissa uh, Marissa Inda. Uh, yeah, I think this, this, uh, the 69 kilo has Chandler bad kind of out, out in front. I would say this one and Andrea Riley versus, uh, Marissa are the two biggest battles. Cause we're going to get to it eventually. I think 63, Sam Calhoun's kind of got it. 69, Chandler Babb's got it. 76, Daniela's got it. 84, Amanda's got it. And then 84 plus Bonnick has got it. So the, the two, the, the two main battles for titles is going to be the 52 kilo women with Andrea versus Marissa and the 57 kilo women with Brittany versus Scanlon. Um, and so Megan Scanlon definitely is doing better. And I don't, I, I don't think she's currently weightlifting either, which bodes well because that, that cut she when she was doing super total, we saw kind of a slow regression in some of her lists because it was just hard. She was trying to do two sports in one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously she's coming back from having a child. Um, I don't see anything in her training that tells me she's going to hit all-time PRs. That's the one thing. I, I'm not projecting any all-time PRs. So I, I don't see anything that, that says that. She hit uh, 352 squat for three while she was sick. So, again, I, I don't see that saying like, oh, she's going to go over 392. But I think she very well could, again, squat 392. That's reasonable. She hit a 253 bench double, but it was touch and go. And her best bench is 253. So I, I think it's reasonable to say she could pause that for a single. And then she didn't really post much deadlifting. So I, I'm pretty much just like the predictions I'm going with is Meg Scanlon can pretty much match her best meet, which was 1038. She hit 1038 back in 2019. Brittany, though, she's coming in with a 1014 qualifying total, but her training's been insane. And I honestly am going kind of conservative on my predictions because if I was going based off of what she's doing in the gym, she probably would run away with this. I yeah. mean, she squatted 393 to depth because that's one of the issues. And she talked about that on the podcast when she was on here. She struggled with depth. Her depth is looking really good right now. Like mm-hmm. no doubt, like 100% deep. She squatted 393 looking like she probably could have squatted 405. She missed 26, maybe like a 9 probably could have doubled it. And then her deadlift, she hit 429. It was kind of hard. So like that that wasn't like a that wasn't like squat where I saw some massive increase. But like let's take those numbers and I'll say a 390 squat, a 226 bench and a 430 deadlift. That has her going 1046, about 10 pounds over Meg Scanlon. And I think the biggest thing there is Brittany will 100% have the last pull cuz Meg's not a big deadlifter. She's a subtotal person. Uh, Brittany's most likely going to be behind a little bit on subtotal but she's going to be able to possibly pull 40 pounds more than Meg Scanlon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would have to agree with you. I, I said even with the interview that she is my favorite to win. I think even with Two Eye Lives March Madness, it was kind of indicated that I am pointing towards her to win. Um, and But it's still going to shape up to be an interesting one because she has to – I mean, you have to execute your lifts and – uh, Megan Scanlon is no pushover, so that's you know where it's going to get interesting. Where you have to probably hit all your lifts in order to win. Um, 
but I'm very confident that Saplicki can hit her all over can hit all of her lifts. Uh, but and then you know, looking at the other competitors, like because we've been going with who can podium, who can get top three, it gets very interesting when you start looking at these ladies because the defending mm-hmm. champion Chris, uh, Chrissy Paraki, uh, which I mean, if she was fully healthy. That is it's a completely different conversation we're having. We're talking about Bernice Plicky, uh, Meg Scanlon, and Chrissy Paraki, which I would still have her as one of my favorites to win here. But you know, coming off of a knee surgery, it's gonna be it, that it's just gonna be extremely difficult to do that. Um, yeah. Where I, I mean, I see you're dropping out a little bit of the rankings, but that's the interesting thing here to note is this is what happens in powerlifting and all the other sports is injuries happen and that kind of alters uh, the playing field a little bit, and that opens the door for Allison Weinberg, a young competitor who's really making strides in her uh, in her powerlifting, which I she can definitely take top three. Then you have Caitlin Berry, which I think is like, what, 19, 20 years old? I think only eight. I think she was 17 when she hit that bit. Eh, maybe 18 last year. Yeah, she's still a teen, I believe. She's super young. <laughs> yeah. she, just, she just did a meet, and it wasn't the best. She, she, she had some regression on bench and deadlift, um, but she had totaled, I believe like nine twenty ish, um, in the meet last year, the same one Perk did that when Perk hit his 800 kilo total. So she is definitely, I mean, the future of this division. Um, I'll go back to Allison Weinberg though. Her training is going phenomenal and I'm, I'm going to throw out another one of those hot takes like a Perk and Michael C. I am going to say I think there's a better chance that Allison Weinberg gets second than Megan Scanlon beats Brittany Suplicki. Yeah. I was about to actually ask you that because we look at her projected total. We see what's going on with her training. Um, yeah, I would actually not disagree with you on that one. I could see Allison Weinberg potentially taking second at this meet. Yeah, and because I'm, I'm, I'm using Meg Scanlon's best meet, but she actually she hasn't done that for a while, and I don't know. Like, it's, it, obviously, she is she is a phenomenal lifter and former national champion, um, and very close to being world champion. But uh, the issue just is that, like, she's obviously coming back from uh, extended period of time of not training at full capacity, and I, I just I don't I'm projecting her to hit her previous numbers which was her best meet at IPF Worlds, which she hit 1038. But if I'm going back to when she won Raw Nats, which is a really good meet too, she hit 1,008. And that's where we basically got Allison Weinberg projected at, is about 1,000. And yeah. that, they're literally on top. They're right next to each other. And Allison seemingly is probably going to out-pull. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I could almost feel like I could confidently, yeah. I, we're going to talk about first, second, and third. I I don't know. Like, I could almost... And then we have I Mariah Bolden. Argument, Allison goes second. Yeah, uh, and then we have Mariah Bolden kind of still thrown in the mix where we got light of her during the Two Eye Lights March Madness and, you know, fantastic competitor herself who can definitely propel herself into that top five range. But, yeah, I think Allison Weinberg has separated herself from the field enough. You have Christina Paraki with the injury, so I'm just going to have to omit her from the top three. And... Yeah, I, I could definitely see Allison Weinberg uh, jumping into that and into that definitely that third range, but possibly surprising some people and getting second. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for it. 
I'm going to say, I mean, I mean, even a little further, because I'm going to go like top six, because that's what we're looking at here. Um, I'm going Brittany first. I'm going Allison second. I'm going Meg Scanlon third. And then fourth, I think we've got Mariah Boldy. She is doing really, really good. And I think she's probably going to take that fourth spot. And then that fifth, six is going to be between Caitlin and Christina. Christina's just a big, like, up in the air. Like, her, she's actually hitting some really good lists. Yeah. Like, it's, every so... week is progressing. Every week's progressing really well. I just, I just don't know what she can do. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Even... I think. I, I think she can go 900 plus though, which would probably get her fifth. Which would be ridiculous because again, after that knee, like she was seriously when we in March, in March she just got cleared to do body weight squats. Yeah, and we're in we're in May right now, so it's crazy. I want to see a great performance from her because one, you know, Italian. That's that's always a plus, and two left Bros uh, a teammate as well. But yeah, and I'll call, of course going back from injury and recovering from that and putting together a great meet is fantastic. I, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, don't empty the tank at this meet. Just total something nice, total something respectable, move yourself up in the ranking, and then you know try to try to make that comeback at uh, in March where we get the uh, where we get the Arnold. So. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I'm going to put Megan Scanlon number two and Allison Weinberg number three so I can possibly get get some points over the Oracle. Um, but it won't surprise me right. if Allison Weinberg gets that. And uh, another another competitor that I see here um, that's, uh, that's a bit far off and I still think it far off is Becca Nunn's uh, top ten lifter, very good lifter. Um, you know, I, I could, I see, I could see a, a pretty solid, uh, total coming from her. Uh, and that's no disrespect for the other lifters. I just have followed Becca for a while and she is a pretty, pretty solid competitor. Um, but I, I, I think what we have with the top fives, um, is pretty accurate. Uh, and again, exciting stuff because you have, you know, a, a, a new national champion, uh, barring some crazy, crazy thing of Chrissy, Chrissy can, uh, regain her title uh, post knee surgery, but it looks like we're gonna get a new national champion here. We're gonna see Megan Scanlon compete again. Um, you know, a uh, a huge name in the USAPL and making a return to the platform since 2019. Then you have Caitlin Barry, who's a teenage lifter, who I think everyone's excited to see a young lifter kind of take on uh, the role of becoming an elite level lifter and. Uh, someone extremely underrated, which is uh, Mariah Bolden. So I am looking much forward to the fifty-seven kilo women. Yeah, like, I mean, this like, if it goes like we're talking about, there's could be some big shakeups. And quick shout out, just so I can throw his name out, Allison Weinberg's coach Mason Liu. I coach him. Oh, cool. So, so I have a connection. Yeah, so I'm, you're I'm, related. I may, have, I may have a little connection there. So, so. you're yeah, so you're related. Uh, that's I don't know what that makes Allison to you. Are you or her uncle, or how does that work? Grandfather, grandfather, uh, coach. I father. don't even think she knows I'm her grand. She probably doesn't even she, know. I'm yeah, her probably not. <laughs> it's, it's just creepy. We'll just not talk about that. But yes, <laughs> I got I got trust in Mason and Allison. I think they're going to bring something something big. All right, and you know what? It looks like that will do it for our first preview. We talked about a lot there. This is a jam-packed episode, and it's going to get even more jam-packed. Of course, when you throw the 74s in the mix, you're probably going to get one to five rants from me on either how much I like some of the competitors or how much I dislike how they act. Um, 
That's going to be my persona in powerlifting is I hate anime and I love making fun of 74 making fun of 74 kilo lifters, which it kind of goes hand in hand because you can't think well, yeah, you can't you can't think there. of you can't think of anime without thinking of a 74 kilo junior. Yeah, and pretty much what happens is once you grow out of the anime stage is also when you eventually gain weight and go to 83. Which, it's not much better there as far as anime goes, but whatever, you know? <laughs> but, whatever. But, yeah. But, uh, alright, so that will do it for our first installation of the Raw Nationals preview. And uh, next week is going to be just as jam-packed, if not more. There, oh, very, I mean, next week, I think, is, like I said, that's going to be, I was actually wrong. I had something wrong. Next week is 83 through 105 men. So 83, 93, and 105. I, I don't think that that's that right there that, says it all. Yeah, that would be got 63 and 69 women. But I mean, I would I would argue the most competitive class, the, the biggest storylines in all of Raw Nationals is going to be happening probably at 83 and 105 men. Yes, and that's that's only because of the bigger weight classes. Because 66 kilo men is probably, like, as far as one to three goes, the most competitive, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. One to three most competitive. But obviously, the, the, I think shaping up, maybe I'm biased, but I feel like I'm not... I know, I think it's, I think it, I the, think the, it's a the policy The Rush storyline is becoming the biggest storyline at Raw Nats. Yeah, well, it doesn't help that Candido changed his profile icon to Sean will beat Russ. Like, yes. that will definitely... If, if there's one man that man knows, is to get people talking. So, uh, yes. he's done... So. He's done I love on the bio that says Sean Noriega fan. It's very funny. Uh, I just got a yeah. kick out of that one. But we'll so we're hyping it up quite a bit for next week, and uh, we'll bring our A game for that uh, discussion. And I hopefully we bring our A game because I'm competing in that. So yeah. All right, that will do it for two white lights. Uh, we'll see you guys with these previews every Monday we're aiming for. So see you next Monday with the preview. Peace.